Today we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. I could never snap very well. I remember um, as a kid feeling very weird, like just uncomfortable about the fact that I could never snap and I couldn't whistle very well. And like when you're a little kid in elementary, like all the stupid songs that you have to sing usually involve some kind of thing like that, like snap, snapping or, or whistling. <sighs> you know, I remember practicing like on the way home. I would try to practice how to whistle and how to snap. And, uh, yeah, it didn't really help that much. I eventually could kind of whistle, but I still, I'm not someone that can, like, just whistle. Like, you know those those people that can just, like, stick their fingers in their mouth? Which, by the way, is disgusting to me. Um, and do that really cool, like, thing. Like, yeah. I used to just put my fingers in my mouth and go, like, hey! <laughs> but uh, it served the same purpose, you know? But anyway, um, I know it's not... Halloween yet, but I don't care. I want to cover something that at least makes me think of Halloween. And by the way, I'll be covering some pretty great movies in October, so do be looking forward to that. I know I am. I'm going to have some awesome guests as well, so I'm, I can't wait for that. But until then, I am honoring the Hollywood legend John Astin and his portrayal of Gomez Adams in the 1960s. Uh, the Adams family, you know, they were created by Charles Chaz Adams, a freelance cartoonist. This dude was born in 1912. Like, whoa, damn. And uh, <laughs> Charles created um, this delightful, like, macabre family that's just, I don't know, I immediately was attracted to this whole concept as a kid. I had been exposed to some of the cartoons. I actually have not ever seen the 60s adaptation, so I'm excited to get into that. And I know all of you already know all the characters, but today we are focusing on good old Gomez. Uh, now, in the cartoons, Gomez didn't seem quite as uh, suave uh, as John Aston made him feel like in, in the 60s adaptation. He really brought this like confident and debonair personality that Gomez Adams became known for in future adaptations, especially when the great role Julia took the helm in the 90s. I may never be as suave as Gomez Adams, but I do plan on spending the rest of my life trying to be. Now play that crap theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcast, you we're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips, it's the Mustachio Podcast, you. Just enjoying a coffee. It's early. I don't usually record early. I usually have a little bit of whiskey with me. So this is probably the first like fully sober episode. Pi is not going to be funny now. I'm obviously I'm powered by by booze, but um, you never know. <laughs> it is good to drink a little bit of coffee. I don't know. It just feels nice, you know. It's just and today is just a solo cholo. So it's just me and and you. You. 10 dedicated listeners out there we're like a little family of weirdos you know just enjoy enjoy us some mustaches enjoy us some movies and today i'm doing a show a tv show this isn't something that'll probably come up too often i did want to mix in tv shows i didn't really mention that early on 
but it's been like an insane week and I don't I didn't think I had enough time to really do an entire film but I wanted to give you something a little something something um, I think I'll probably probably work in some more Adams family stuff I know they had like a huge um, special like a Halloween special or Christmas special or something like that I think it was a Halloween special they do have a Christmas episode I do want to cover as well in the 60s uh, this uh, 60s show but I will work them in more I felt like if I did a show I, I, I was planning on wa wanting to do some Adam's Family so I felt like if I could do an episode it wouldn't take too long but watch this episode's gonna be like three hours long <laughs> I'm kidding I'm kidding but either way, I had a really good time with this one. I can't wait to get into it. And also, this might give me a little bit more time to talk a little bit about myself. I didn't really have one of those getting to know me in the show episodes. I just sort of wanted to get into it right away. And I feel like I've kind of trickled in a little bit more about me uh, as this show goes on. I'm not like this super open book kind of guy. But... I do, you know, I do feel like it's important for us to have like a little back and forth and all that good stuff. I kind of want to start breaking down this episode. I am covering the, ten, I believe it's the 10th episode of the first season. It aired November 6, 1964. And I was trying to look for an episode that was obviously going to be focusing on Gomez a lot. And since I hadn't really seen a lot of these episodes, I remember seeing clips or little bits here and there. Um... I didn't really know which one to, to show. I know I even looked at like a list of the best episodes, and I'm I'm definitely gonna work some of those in later. I just like the the name of this episode. This is like some like cheesy crap I would have thought of if I was a writer in the '60s. I'm like, let's call it Green Eyed Gomez. Doesn't that sound good? And I'm assuming I'm assuming that's how he's on it. Uh, and and I was like, oh cool. So we're gonna see this like suave, charming character. And he's going to be getting jealous, so we get to see a little chink in his armor. You know, and I always like episodes like that. It's a very common trope in shows. Like, there's always that episode where the cool guy gets jealous, and I felt like this would be a good time to check that out. You know, and I knew he would still be awesome in it. And I felt, I'm not gonna lie, not a big fan of, especially like the '60s, '50s shows. Not a big fan of kids in shows. It kind of, I get it. I get the like, oh, look, it's a cute kid. I just, anything they say means nothing to me usually. I just like, this is just taking up time. They're usually not that funny. Even though they, the joke might be funny, it's a kid, you know? So they don't really know how to properly <laughs> support the joke. And so I was also looking for an episode that wasn't going to have too much kids. And I don't even think they're in this. I guess they were at summer camp during this whole <laughs> episode but they need to fit in quite a bit of story within like a 30 minute period or like even like 25 minutes if you work in all the commercials so i don't think they really had room for them you get you get a good amount of gomez in this one a really good amount you get morticia of course she's looking great and you get a couple of new characters that pop in and, and you get um some some fester of course and you get lurch which and he actually has like some lines i i don't know why in my in my head i figured like lurch said like two words a show if any but he actually says some things that show that he's cognitively together <laughs> so i really liked his portrayal in this show but anyway let's get this going this is the 
I'm going to just call it the episode breakdown. Episode breakdown. All right, well, the show opens up with maybe one of the greatest TV theme songs ever written, which was written by Vic Mizzy. Um, he is awesome, man. Like, I don't know how he was able to think of something like this. I think he was he was famous for just saying, uh, two finger snaps and you live in Bel Air. Because <laughs> he thought of this song and his, obviously his career skyrocketed. I think he also wrote the Green Acres theme song, which is also catchy as hell. Never seen that show either, so I guess I missed out on a lot of those old shows. I, I And I actually really like this show because I love that it's in black and white. I think they may have colorized it at some point, but I love that it's in black and white. It just adds to the whole macabre, like, creepy feeling. Because so, the, the, the show is really not scary at all. Um, there's visuals that are, so are, you know, kind of in that vein. And that's maybe something that... The creator, Charles, maybe wasn't digging too much. I'm sure he felt like it was a little too family-friendly, but hey, man, you know, you got to make money. Uh, so I, I can see why they try to twist it that way. But yeah, Vic Mizzy just kills this song. I love it. It's so simple. It, it found He found like a good in-between of making a song that's kind of Halloween-ish feeling, but also still a family-friendly, like fun song that sticks in your head so yeah you open up with this great song i think i listened to it twice too like i like rewind it i was like i want to hear this one more time i miss this and um so yeah so it starts off with that he oh and by the way he passed away at the age of 93 so this dude you know he lived a hell of a life so i just kind of wanted to mention that i had that in my notes we see morticia in the mirror sort of making these small adjustments to her hair and dress and for some reason gomez is spying on her um, I guess because he, you know, at the at the point though when you're watching it, you're like, okay, what the hell? Maybe he just likes to sneak up on her, like, you know, like the um, Pink Panther. Like, <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw those Pink Panther movies, but um, there was those scenes where he likes he likes uh, what's his face to like jump up at him whenever. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's one of those situations where she wants to be, you know, kind of work on her reaction times. But yeah, he's hiding like in medieval knight armor. And it looks like uh, some dude named Lionel Barker is going to be dropping by. And Gomez isn't happy to see her getting all fancied up uh, for what he feels is an old suitor of hers. And it's really funny because like, he just like lifts up that little face mask thing that's you know typically in armor, medieval armor stuff. She says, you know, she says he isn't an old suitor, that he's just a childhood friend. Yet um, he mentions, yet when you got this letter, your eyes lit up like candles in a cave. <laughs> and she tells him, I've been yours since that first day you carved my initials in your leg. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, and he, oh, and then he responds with, I've been yours since the first day I saw you riding side saddle on a buffalo. <laughs> you gotta love it. I love their whole um, chemistry. It's just good, good stuff. And they have this like classic little thing where she tells him, querido. He's like, querida. And they come up to each other. And which is, I think, like a loving term. I don't know what, you know, exactly what it means, but it's definitely like one of those. And she says, you don't mind that I asked Lionel to be our house guest, do you? And he says, no. 
uh, he loved to show him his this marvelous house. So th- this becomes this is when you st- first start seeing, you know, where you obviously right away you see like he's getting a he's definitely has this on his mind. And he's getting a little jealous, but now he's going that route where he's like, I want to show him all the stuff I have. He's that friend of yours. Have you ever gone to, like your friend or your uncle's house or something, and he's like showing you all the cool shit he has, and it's not one of those. Um, like I'm one of those I want people to discover the things that I have going on. I can't stand like you know showing people like oh look what I have. Like I just think it's kind of annoying unless it's like happening and like somebody mentions it or something like that. Then I think that's awesome, but I think when you just start showing everybody everything you have, it's just I don't know, it's kind of douchey to me. So he you first start seeing that he wants to show this Lionel guy all the cool shit that he has in this marvelous house. Even though it looks like it's marvelous to him, but the house looks like it's just a haunted old house, Victorian style. I kind of dig it personally, but not everybody would. So, yeah. So she goes to show Gomez uh, this guest room. And I think she says something like, um, Morticia asks asks if Gomez would like to see what she's done with the guest room. And he's like, delighted, or, or it may give me a twinge. She then slams his armor face guard down. I think that was supposed to be like, if we go see the guest room, it might get me going. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like they couldn't say anything too derogatory, so they had to really write around some of this stuff. You can really just, you really have to look at Gomez's face the whole damn show just to kind of see what they're trying to say sometimes. And they go through the guest bedroom, and there's there's a ball and chain. There's a damn raven in a cage. And, and it's funny because he, there's also like a bear a bear rug on on top of the bed and he moves the bear rug and he's like oh wow like this is like solid wood like this mattress is harder than ours and she's like yes it's natural wood it's naughty pin i, I don't know why i'm making her sound british <laughs> she, she doesn't sound british it's naughty pin <laughs> i don't know man y'all know me i can't do voices um i, I certainly try though <laughs> So, uh, so basically, they they brought the room up to the standards of awesomeness that they would consider an awesome room. So they made it like terrifyingly crazy looking with uh, a freaking solid wood bed and a solid wood mattress, which could be therapeutic in a way. You know, sometimes sleeping on a hard surface is good for the back, y'all. So I actually do that sometimes. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that, but. Every now and then, I won't sleep on the hardwood floor, but I'll put like a thin yoga mat and just lay on the floor. Like I'll take a nap, like a you know 30-minute nap, just laying on a yoga mat on the floor. I will make a great homeless person one day if that does happen because I, you know, I think I just like, I've slept on many benches. Like I just kind of, it's like I've been preparing myself. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so they sh- they show the room, looks hauntingly fantastic and we see lionel pull up to the adams family house with his pal charlie it looks like his plan is to swindle some money from the family he thinks they have plenty of it he even says uh, as i remember this morticia dame she's even spookier than this house that's how he talks i guess and uh he says that he knows that they got money and lots of it and they need some now so these are a bunch of these are a couple of con men coming into the house it's really fun when they bring in like a regular person into the house like into the whole environment it just it's funny how much they stick out because everyone else is so weird and that's the same it's always been that way with them that's why i love it so much and um 
his friend Charlie's like, so what are you going to give them? Are you going to give them that uranium stock spiel? Or, and Lionel says, uh, I have a feeling they're more the phony oil stock type. So, so, you know, he definitely has a plan walking in here. Lionel walks up to the house, and I kind of love this cartoonish thing where he, he grabs like a doorknob, but it's just a string, which kind of reminded me of Home Alone 2. I think that's Home Alone 2 where he pulls a string and I think like it's a staple goes into his crotch. <laughs> oh, solid gold. Anyway, um, so yes, he pulls the string and he kind of keeps pulling it and pulling it. And then he lets it go and you hear like a little whistle sound that sounds like it's coming from one of those kazoos followed by a boing and then a tugboat horn and then Lurch opens the door. Who looks awesomely terrifying as well. Lionel, uh, he, he lets Lionel into the house. He like just, instead of like asking him for his hat, he just like grabs it off his head <laughs> like he's a little kid. And Lionel gets into the house. He steps on a polar bear rug. And of course it growls, which is super awesome. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we see Morticia and Gomez coming down the staircase to greet Lionel. This is when I noticed that Carolyn Jones, who plays uh, Morticia, she can barely walk in this dress because it's one of those fashion over our like style over comfort type outfits. Um, I'm not. I'm guessing she wore this like every episode because she has that. She seems to always kind of have that look going on. But yeah, it's tucked so far into her, like her to the bottom of her legs, like her ankles. She has to take like these little baby steps, like deet, 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 deet. but she does a good job of not making it too obvious. And also, of course, camera work and stuff. And she, uh, she, you know, she finds a way to make it work. So Lionel says she hasn't changed a bit. And of course, Gomez says, except that she's married now. I think he has a cigar in his mouth at this point, which just adds to the look. And uh, I wish, I, maybe I should just start walking around with a cigar, but just not really smoke it. You know, is that lame? I don't know. It just seems fun to like have, <laughs> I'm such a hack. So Gomez says, uh, a man is a, a man so rarely gets the woman he deserves. <laughs> and they 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 assist like what's the word? Is it persist? I guess. They really want Lionel to stay over <laughs> while he's in town. And Gomez even says, "We'll send for your bags." And of course Lionel already has his bags cuz he has this whole plan already. He's like, "I actually have my bags already. They're outside." So then Gomez rings his giant, he just pulls on this giant rope and a giant bell goes off. They shake the camera to make it feel like the whole house shakes. Lurch gives his classic, you rang. Morticia goes arm to arm with uh, good old Lionel to grab a drink and chill out. And Gomez looks on sort of suspicious and jealous like, you know, he's not digging this. So Morticia and Lionel are catching up and Gomez is feeling like a third wheel. Which is how you often feel. Like, that's why I really am not a big fan of meeting childhood friends of whoever I'm with. You know, like, you know, if I met a childhood friend, especially if they're the opposite sex, like, it is one. Of, and it's not that I have, like, I get jealous or anything. It's just kind of annoying when you don't know any of the stories they're talking about. And you want to chime in, but then you feel like, ah, it's kind of lame for me to chime in because i wasn't there and you feel it feels forced so you're just literally sitting there it's just not that fun so this is what's happening and they're going back and forth back and forth and gomez just gets sick of it and he stands up he's like i need to make an urgent call (laughs) 
I like that he just kind of makes like a statement when he's going to leave a room. And Morticia says, but we'll miss you. He says, I'm sure Mr. Barker will be able to amuse you when I'm gone. He takes off and Lionel tells Morticia something like he hopes he didn't get him mad or anything. And Morticia says, don't worry, Gomez doesn't have a jealous bone in his body. Cut to Gomez being jealous as fuck. <laughs> and uh, he's kind of like, he has crazy eyes right now. He's all, you know, frazzled. I never use that word frazzle. That's a new one for me, but yeah. And so you know how um, he says, oh, he's he's kind of mocking Lionel. He's like, uh, you know how it is when old friends get together. And he's, he's kind of making fun of him. And it looks like Uncle Fester isn't even listening to Gomez. Uncle Fester is in this scene. This is the first time we see him. He's in one of those pillories, I think they're called, which is that usually made of wood thing that holds your head and your hands up in, a, in a, like a framework. And it's, I think it's usually used, it was used for like humiliation and maybe like a bit of torture back in the day. But of course, Uncle Fester uses it as a sort of relaxation tool. And he's reading the paper and Gomez asks him, like, what am I going to do about Lionel? And Uncle Fester does not know what the hell he's talking about because he wasn't listening to him. I think Gomez even tells him something like, you're just here reading the paper, ignoring me. And it's last year's paper. <laughs> <laughs> and of course you have the cheesy joke where uh fester's like i'm just trying to catch up on my reading that's the, that's almost exactly how he sounds and apparently uh now we're back to uh lino and and morticia and apparently lino wrote her a poem back in the day he recites it i'm not sure how he remembers a poem he wrote as a teenager but i guess it's all part of his little plan and it goes morticia you're the only one for me I know I shall always want you for my very own. That is not a poem. That's a statement. That's like what you put in a Hallmark card. And even then, it doesn't feel that great. So I was like, okay, that's not a poem. And not that a poems have to rhyme, but I feel like you need a little more than that. <laughs> <But> <laughs> so we're back with Fester and Gomez. And uh, it's kind of, this is when I told myself, it's kind of a shame he has to depend on poor Fester for advice because Fester's like in a magic dream world. Very funny, though. And uh, Fester's busy trying to feed the plants, which, of course, are sort of like alive. And they don't want to eat right now because I guess they're used to Morticia feeding them. And Gomez had sent them on a drive together so he could talk to Fester, which maybe probably wasn't a good idea, but, you know, he's all... He's all trying to, like, figure something out. Fester says, why doesn't he just kick him out? But Gomez says he can't because then she'll know he's jealous. He says it's tearing him up in, in his insides like a lion eating an antelope. He says, I wish it, he's, he says, I wish it would stop. I'm beginning to enjoy it. <laughs> that might be my favorite line of the, of the whole show. So then Gomez decides that he'll, he'll make him uh, so uncomfortable that he'll want to leave. So that's the plan. So the first the first thing they do is they start rearranging the guest room. They basically make it look like a really nice like bed and breakfast um, room. Uh, and it's a nice comfortable bed, a pretty singing bird, like a little canary or some shit. Gomez figured he'd hate it since they would, of course, hate it, which is so funny. And uh, Gomez is figuring that Lionel wouldn't make it the night. He's like, oh, he wouldn't make it the night, living, you know, trying to stay in bed in this freaking room. But of course, it's the morning time. He did make it the night, and they're having a nice breakfast. And Lionel's saying, you know, he's like super well-rested, and Lionel's talking about how much he loved it and how much he loved the canary and all this and that. And Gomez can't believe it, that he liked it. 
And Morticia is confused about like canary, you know, comfortable bed, canary incarnations. What the hell? And so she figures it out. She's like, what? You're definitely, you're definitely doing something to mess with this. And Lionel steps away, but just before he steps away from the breakfast table, he da he says he mentions that he dabbles in stocks, and that he might be able to put them in something good. So he's starting to plant the seed now. So yes, so Morticia ends up after he leaves confronting Gomez, and she's like, "Are you jealous?" And he's like, "Me jealous? Oh, that's laughable." And he's like. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks all guilty and shit. He's like trying to hide it. So we are with Lionel and he says that he just needs a bit more time. He's talking to Charles, who's I guess waiting um, somewhere, maybe like a little motel or something. He's like, I just need a little more time. I'm getting there, you know. And now we see Fester laying on a bed of spikes. <laughs> and which actually I heard is really not that difficult if they're all close together. Not that I would try it. Well, maybe I would try it. I don't know. But he's laying on a bed of spikes, and Gomez wants to go with a diversionary, uh, diversionary, I'm diversionary tactic. I can't speak by bringing in a beautiful woman to distract Lionel. Fester recommends Grandmama, <laughs> and uh, Gomez says that she prefers taller men, but she is the type they want. <laughs> So Fester offers his old sweetheart. He's like, how about my old sweetheart, Queenie? But Gomez says she'd never leave the circus. Those bearded ladies make a fortune. <laughs> and Fester says if only he hadn't seen Lurch, he'd be ideal in a wig and a dress. And actually, Lurch is tall and lanky. Probably would look decent. Gomez realizes that he could hire a maid from an employment agency, and he'll insist on one that is interested in getting married. <laughs> Like, damn, that's one hell of an employment agency. You can go that much into detail. <laughs> I guess I'm looking for some help. I just want, you know, some cleaning service. I want to make sure that, you know, she's she's not too religious. Uh, she's been alone. She's in her mid-30s. She's feeling that thirst, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> uh, so he, you know, that's the plan. So the new maid does come through. And she says, Jesus, this place is uh, sort of spooky. And of course, Gomez says, thank you. <laughs> the maid is not feeling the job immediately because the house just looks haunted as hell. And Gomez doesn't let her leave. Um, and she was like, you don't have that much money to keep me here. And he's like, well, actually, we do have a gentleman staying here at the house who is single and looking to get married. So that immediately lights her, you know, her eyes light up. Because apparently this employment agency just got him, got him just the right person. I don't know how you measure someone's, you know, desperate demeanor to be married. I don't, I don't, I don't know how that works, but they knew who to pick. Because right away she's like, oh, okay, like, all right, I'll stay. So I guess apparently, apparently in the '60s, even if you were in your 30s and single, people just assumed you were thirsty for a life partner. So she decides she wants to stay. Fester comes in, and him and Gomez compliment the maid's beauty. And I'm guessing they brought in this actress on because she's not, I guess, like a typical bombshell-looking woman. But she honestly looks pretty. Like she doesn't look ugly. I thought maybe they were gonna do like bring in some real like just ratchet, <laughs> ratchet human. But but yeah, she she looks fine. 
she doesn't have like any makeup on. So I don't mean maybe like that's supposed to make it seem like she's not as attractive or something, but it's pretty funny. And uh, yeah, so she's super excited about st- about being a maid at the uh, the good old Adams house. So now the maid is talking to Lionel and asking her, and he's um, and asking him if there's anything she can bring him. She's like, sounds she has that like real desperate type. Is there anything I can bring you? Do you want some coffee? You want some orange juice? You want to, you know? She's just going all hardcore, all these different types of drinks. And Lionel is obviously annoyed. He says, "You followed me all over the place last night. When I went to bed, I had to look under to make sure you weren't there." <laughs> so she like immediately got off to just like trying to to get this dude. Gomez is looking outside the the room or looking inside the room and he's with Uncle Faster and he's realizing that she isn't making much progress and uh, Lionel tries to light a cigar at the same time and she tries to grab his lighter from his hand so she can light it for him but of course she like attacks him to try to get the lighter and everything falls out the damn cigar falls out his mouth and he gets all pissed off and so he walks away and Gomez wants to give her some instruction on the language of love you know he's like in my younger days i had ladies eating out of my hand and fester says a bit messy isn't it <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man i just love the dynamic of those two so now gomez is trying to teach the maid how to swoon somebody he dips no one uses that anymore right um swoon and uh it's just fun to say and he dips her and he tells her, How long can I hold in my feelings, my love? Give me your lips. <laughs> Classic line. Always worked for me as well. And of course, Morticia actually happens to be walking into the room while this is happening. So now she sees him doing this and she's absolutely aghast. She walks away. So now we got two people who are feeling insecure about their, <laughs> their significant other. And we see the maid. Um, she's like, oh, yeah, I got this. Like, I can do this. This is awesome. I can't wait. And she walks off to go get her some Lionel. She's ready to seduce him. Morticia is crying. I really love this scene. It's probably one of the better scenes in the entire episode. She's crying. And she sees Thing. And he's trying to console her. He tells her that. <laughs> all just with his, obviously, with the hands. He, like, tells her, like, maybe you should punch her and uh she's like no no violence he's like maybe pull her hair she's like no no and he's like scratch her eyes <laughs> and she's like no no we can't be doing anything violent but you know morticia tells her that uh our morticia, morticia tells him to wish her good luck and he crosses his fingers which is <laughs> so good and she walks away and uh i feel like i would that's basic i think that would work for therapy for me just me talking to a hand now Morticia runs into Fester as she's walking away and she tells him she knows why Gomez hired that maid. Fester, of course, agrees and says, I think it's a fine idea because he's thinking she's referring to getting Lionel out of the house, of course. The plant behind Fester is about to just thromp him and Morticia tells it to relax. And uh, Morticia storms away all sad, you know. And I, I think the plant still ends up decking him in the face, which is so funny. Lionel comes around as Gomez is checking his stocks in this like little printed receipt thing. I've I've seen this before in other like movies at that time. I didn't know that's what they were doing. I didn't know they were looking at stocks. I mean, I guess that's how it worked back in the day. But to tell you the truth, I am not sure how it works now. So, <laughs> so the the idea of stocks, 
you know, coming from receipt paper, I'm just going to believe it. You know, like, okay, I guess that's how it works. Uh, I'm sure there's people that are listening to this like, duh, I know about stocks, I own some, invested in blah, and I'm making money, you should do it. So then, like, <laughs> so Lionel starts acting like a damn timeshare salesman at this point, uh, telling uh, Gomez that a friend of his is the president for something like a South Tasmanian oil company. But Gomez doesn't fall for it. He has a line there that's really funny, but um, I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, he doesn't fall for it, and he ends up walking away. And I knew Gomez wouldn't. Like, I knew he was going to try to convince, you know, he was going to have to really convince Gomez as well. And I knew he wasn't going to fall for it. But Mildred, this is the maid's name, by the way, Mildred. What a beautiful name. She's into stocks. And uh, and Lionel, I think figured Lionel sees an opening here because she mentions like oh the stock is bullish and of course now Lionel's interested in Mildred and uh, I'm guessing he's going to be trying to like swindle money from her or something I don't know but he kind of comes up to her and he's like oh let's not talk about stocks let's talk about you let's get to know you Mildred so Gomez walks up to Morticia who is touching some dragon statue and it's blowing smoke out of its mouth <laughs> I like it I don't know how well the dragon works I it just doesn't really fit with everything else that they have going on in the house, but I still loved it. A bit of coffee. Good stuff. I'm almost awake. And uh, he Gomez says something like, The hands that should be caressing my loving feet are now caressing the dragon. She tells Gomez to leave her be because she must think. Gomez leaves after choking on that smoke because the smoke is just going right into his face. <laughs> And this is one, you know, one of the classic tropes. They're both talking about things that they both think they are understanding what they're talking about, but they're totally not. You know, they're just, it's a complete miscommunication situation. And so they walk away from each other and they're both just flustered and in pain emotionally. Gomez is with Fester and he says that Morticia is in love with Lionel. Fester asks him that he what is he going to do? And Gomez says, He'll leave he'll leave this life and let Morticia be the with the man he loves or the man she loves. And now that's uh one selfless son of a bitch, if you ask me. Uh Fester asks if he's going to kill himself. Gomez says, No, no, that's a coward's way out. I'll just have you kill me instead. <laughs> so Fester goes to grab a gun. They have to kind of go back and forth because Fester doesn't want to kill him because he's like his favorite nephew. But he convinces, convinces Fester to do it. So he grabs a gun to uh, shoot him. And it's pretty funny because he's like, um, he, he has it. And you see Gomez getting prepared. Gomez puts a cigar in his mouth and holds a little target to his chest. And Fester says, ready, aim, fire. And of course, it's a squirt gun. And he tells Uncle Fester, like, I want I want you to kill me, not drown me. So Fester grabs another gun that's right next to that gun in the drawer. <laughs> Gotta love it. And I think he says something like, oh, this must be the, the Wednesday and, and Pugsley's favorite toy gun, <laughs> toy gun. And he's like, I'll do better this time. So he grabs this next gun. And Gomez says, uh, you must. There's only one bullet left. Fester's shaking and he hits, a, he hits a lamp above his head. It falls on him and knocks him out. So now, got to get to our next plan to try to kill Gomez. We're with Lurch, Fester, and Gomez. Gomez tells Lurch, you better be a better hangman than Uncle Fester was a marksman. They get a rope and have Gomez's neck tied around it. 
And Fester says, let me throw it. It's my rope. And he's still fired up, you know, because he wasn't able to kill him earlier. He tries throwing the rope over a rafter. But the rope just sort of like suspends in the midair. It doesn't even flip over. It's just like up like a snake or something. And Gomez is like, where'd you get this rope from, Fester? He's like, oh, I got it from my old friend, Raj Maha, the Indian faker. <laughs> God. <laughs> 64, everybody. He, and um, so yeah, so he throws, he's, and he mentions like, oh, he would throw this rope up in the air and then he would climb it. And he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> so it's just like a supernatural rope, apparently. Gomez leaves. He's all pissed off. He's given up. So he sees Morticia coming down the stairs and there's a moment where he's looking at her. He's like, God, she's so beautiful. I love her. And she does look beautiful, so I can totally see it. And they're both talking about the marriage ending. Lurch says, we should do something. Fester tells him to go to the harpsichord, start playing some upbeat, you know, some music. He's st- and I'm thinking he's going to play romantic. He plays like some like upbeat, kind of like salsa dancing type music. Maybe it's not salsa dancing. I don't know. But the way they're moving is kind of like that. And it's funny, they're going back and forth, but they're also sort of moving to the music. <laughs> it's fantastic. Eventually, they both say, I'll freely give you up so you can go away with. And he says, Lionel, she sells Mil- she says uh, Mildred. And they're like, wait, what? So they both realize what was actually going on. And then Lionel and Mildred come out of nowhere. And they say that they have gotten married at City Hall. So I was sort of confused. I figured Lionel was just saw someone else that he could swindle a little easier but it turns out i guess it turned him on that she likes stocks (laughs) like this guy really loves stocks i know like there's some people like oh you love like jazz and you connect over jazz music like i get that but oh man she likes stocks like that's my kind of woman i don't get that but whatever they got married and uh whatever and so gomez confesses that he uh he uh tried to you know get himself killed but he says i guess someone down there likes me and morticia tells him yeah well someone up here likes you too i think she calls him bubble bubble michael buble (laughs) he is about as charming as michael buble so i'm sure that's like a word maybe i don't know i don't want to guess and then it sounds kind of like racist or something (laughs) but and i'm too lazy to look it up but buble Bubele. I think that's how it goes. Whatever. So we're at the end of the episode with Gomez reciting some poetry to Morticia. I think it goes, um, When the blazing sun has turned to mud and the moon lies dead in a pool of blood and the tom-tom beat of eternity starts, who will I love in my heart of hearts? Morticia. <laughs> now that's a fucking poem, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like that poem. And uh, he says he wanted to show her that Lionel isn't the only one that can write poetry for her. Morticia says Lionel doesn't hold a candle to him. And Gomez says something like, perhaps we should let him try it sometime. Might be a fascinating experience. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Gotta love a little hot wax on the body joke. So it looks like Lionel is now uh, working day and night for money because since she brought him up, you know, Gomez mentions that they're not doing too great, that he's working day and night now because the stocks that the that Mildred owned were were like down to nothing. So, you know, they they he's getting his uh, comeuppance. Morticia says, none of that matters, not when you get married for love. Uh, bada bing, bada boom, end of episode. Um, 
I really like this uh, this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's a just like watching it and taking notes and stuff. It's like bam, 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 because you need to fit so much. Like I said earlier, you need to fit so much in twenty five minutes. And I, the writers were just kind of man. They must have been typing away. The the scenes have to be so quick. There's a ton of lines, and I really liked it. I like this whole concept. I know it's a it's a old trope, but I think back in the sixties, maybe not as much. So at least not on television, um, you know, of having a guy trying to swindle and uh, con, con someone out of money or whatever. Uh, I, I like the jokes. There's, I mean, a lot of them are very wholesome. Some of them don't land as well or, you know, at you know nowadays, but I still think it's a good time. I think it's something like you could show kids for the most part, you know, like the, I think I would have loved to see this as a kid. And I, I think I would have enjoyed it and laughed a bunch. I, it's a shame that I never got to see this show when I was younger. I think it's a good time. And, of course, uh, John Aston does such an amazing job of playing Gomez. He has such a, a cartoony face in a good way. He, he's able to kind of emote all these different things. Um, and throughout the show, and that's the thing, this show is very visual in that sense where a lot of the jokes, like maybe the dialogue isn't great, like the actual joke, but looking at his face and how he reacts to them, how he um, executes those jokes makes him very funny. So he does a great job with that. He's got a great freaking mustache, by the way, um, which he did sport a lot. Uh, you know, even like beyond the Adams Family, he did sport a mustache. There's times where he didn't, but like I said, with this show... As long as some point in time they sported a mustache, that's really all that matters. And uh, and I think he's awesome, man. Like he's fun. He does have kind of a darkness to him, which is is very brings a lot to the show. And I had a really good time with it. So I will say there were a lot of memorable characters in this episode. You know, not a whole bunch. You know, we didn't get the whole cast, the whole Adams family cast in this one. But there were some memorable characters, and uh, this is a segment I call Quick Impressions. Quick Impressions. This girl needs instruction in the art of love from an expert. You? In my younger days, I had women eating out of my hand. A bit messy, wasn't it? <laughs> This girl needs instruction in the art of love from an expert. You? In my younger days, I had women eating out of my hand. A bit messy, wasn't it? <laughs> I love me some Uncle Fester, man. That dude is awesome. So we have reached the rating portion of the show. I'm so lazy. Like, I probably should have made, like, a little rating song, but I feel like, yeah, y'all know it's fucking ratings. Like, who gives a shit? They don't mean anything. It's all subjective. But, as you all know, my uh, rating uh, system goes by my favorite mustaches. Uh, you have the Fu Manchu, which um, equals a full Fu Manchu recommendation. You have the Walrus mustache, which is a pretty damn good. You have the Horseshoe mustache, which is eh, you know. And then you have the Hitler mustache, which is a burn it in hell. I've not had one of those yet, but I have a feeling... One will be around the corner soon. Very soon. <laughs> That's just a little a little clue in what might be coming up. And I do give this episode a full Fu Manchu recommendation. I had a great time with it. Absolutely love it. I can't wait to see more episodes of the show. 
And I think if I run into any that I really, really dig, I want to talk to talk talk about them here. These are nice little quickie, you know, episodes. Um, I I mean, I still, you know, I, I'm obviously majority of episodes on this show are going to be about movies, but I just felt like this would be kind of a fun little thing, and it gives me, you know, a little a little bit more time to uh, to have a life. <laughs> I don't know, uh, you know, I don't have any help with this. I, this is all me. And and it's it's a it's a good amount of work, but it's actually really really fun, and I love seeing everybody. And kind of you know, it's not like I get a lot of interaction. You know, I'm not anyone super well known or anything like that. But the few that the few interactions I get, especially from the Grindbin family, uh, as y'all know, big fan of the Grindbin podcast. That's kind of where I first even. I always wanted to do a podcast, but I was like, eh, I'm going to suck. And I still do suck, but I think it helped to be able to guest on the Grindbin podcast um, a few times before I ever started this. And, you know, it's kind of, it's like doing open mics <laughs> if you're a comedian. It was like, that was my open mics, you know, because then even if I really sucked or bombed, it wasn't a big deal. You know, it's their show. <laughs> I'm not ruining my show. <laughs> so anyway... Support the Grindbin family. Y'all know a lot of these these shows. Uh, I've had a lot of the the hosts on on my on my show, and even like common uh, friends of the Grindbin that have been on their episodes are going to be on mine as well. So we have we have a bunch coming up very soon. But you know the Grindbin podcast. Check them out. Find them on Instagram and all that good stuff. You, we had um, our last episode. Uh, we had Eddie the Axe, and he's from the Bloody Bits podcast. So please listen to his show. Absolutely love that show. And just like support us as much as you can, and and um, you know that I, I don't think Eddie has a Patreon, but I know uh, the Grindbin does have a Patreon and a bunch of good stuff happening there. I'm often in that Discord. I don't think I'll ever start my own Discord. I don't know if my show will ever be that popular, but um, they have a Discord, and we all talk about our shows anyway in that Discord. So if you join the Patreon, you get to be a part of that and join the conversation, and it goes everywhere. It's not just about movies. You don't have to be some expert, even though a lot of the people, um, that a lot of the great people that listen to Grand Ben and, and even to my show are awesomely educated in film and all kinds of stuff. You got people like me that don't know that much of shit. Who's <laughs> just there to make stupid jokes all the time. But it's it's a great time, and I want to thank everyone that listens to this show and those that have followed, me, uh, followed the show on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so be sure to check those pages out. There's always some stuff going on I, I, you can find uh, the show on instagram at mustachioed podcastio which is m-o-u-s-t and you can also i don't know why that's not kind of asian but i didn't mean for it to sound that way and then you also have uh the twitter which is just m podcastio so look for me there and i always like to give a little bit of a heads up usually unless i'm really busy and don't have time to post uh, of what i'm going to be covering but you can find this episode on i think it's on youtube but you can also find it on amazon prime if you have amazon prime and it looks great it's in black and white looks fantastic that sounds great so yeah be sure to check it out and check out some more items family episodes while you're at it but anyway thank you so much for joining me today y'all have a good one bye